Hello everyone, this is Sonali Mangal and welcome to another episode of Learn, Educate, Discover. On this podcast, we invite people from different professions on each of our episodes and we ask them a range of questions to try and understand what their job is all about. The goal of this podcast is to try and educate our listeners about as many different kind of jobs as we can so that someone listening to the show can decide does a certain job sound interesting to them and if yes, how do they go about exploring it further. Now, on today's episode, we'll be talking about sustainable innovation. And this is a fairly new and an up-and-coming area, especially with the growing awareness about how we need to do something to protect our environment. So our guest today, who's going to be talking to us about working in this space, is Chad Fink, and he is the Vice President of Innovation and Sustainability at Allbirds. Allbirds, for those of you who aren't familiar, is a very exciting and a hot new startup here in Silicon Valley. They make eco-friendly woolen shoes and they're very popular here in the Valley. They're quite the style statement and Jad heads sustainability there. So he's going to be sharing with us his thoughts on what it's like to work in this space. He shares a lot of his background during the discussion. So I'm going to keep it for the discussion. Uh, But in terms of his educational background, he has a bachelor's in mechanical engineering from Stanford University and an MBA from University of Southern California. Marshall School of Business. And of course, before we dive into the discussion, let me quickly remind you that if you enjoy the podcast, do share it with your friends and colleagues. Simply take the link to the website, learneducatediscover.com and share it. Leave a review on iTunes if you like it or not. And uh, of course, you can subscribe to the newsletter on learneducatediscover.com. And if you have any questions or feedback, drop us an email at hello at learneducatediscover.com. All right, with that, let's welcome Jad. Great to be here, Sonali. Thanks for having me. Of course, Jad. Hello, welcome to the show. And I'm so glad that I'm finally being able to cover this uh, this particular area and to have you because we've been talking about recording this episode for a long time now. You're You're a busy person. Yeah, well, it's exciting to connect and I'm looking forward to the discussion. Yep. So uh, let's just dive right into it. Uh, sustainable innovation, you know, honestly, I have no idea what it means. Uh, so it'll be great to start out with you telling us a little bit about what is sustainable innovation. And also, is it the same as the term sustainability? Because we hear that term also a lot. So it, yes, yeah, sustainability is certainly a big part of it. But the the real goal is to try to put an innovative bent on coming up with more sustainable materials, more sustainable processes, and not just progress for the sake of progress, but progress with a sustainable focus, a sustainable mission in mind. So as you mentioned, we are a, uh, a footwear brand um, that started in San Francisco, California. And, and our goal is to introduce sustainable materials, sustainable processes, and ultimately help change the way people make things in a more sustainable way. So we're driving at trying to use new, as I mentioned, new materials and new processes in innovative ways, but really always keeping in mind that we want to do them in a way that's less harmful to the planet, that creates less waste, uses less energy, less carbon, et cetera. So it's, uh, it's basically a filter on innovation where we, it's more guided than just innovation for innovation's sake, but innovation 
in order to keep delivering amazing products while still helping the planet. Got it. And and so when you say innovation, are you referring to uh, product innovation from beginning to end? So from manufacturing to, I'm guessing, marketing, sourcing, all of it? Yeah. So, you know, one of the most immediate ways that, that we focused and um, that a lot of our early activities have been around is, is focused on material innovation. Hmm. But we're also looking at ways to to also introduce new processes about how we're making stuff. Uh, and then additionally, we're continually looking at our overall operations of where we can find savings, streamline. So it it's it's got a priority of, of materials because we do sell a physical product, a product where we want to introduce sustainability with that really can be shown in ways that have consumer benefits. So, um, you know, instead of just doing something because it's purely good for the planet, we want to make sure it also delivers a consumer benefit at the same time, because, you know, our power to change the way people make things is only as strong as, as we have a customer base. So we know that mission number one is make great products, but we want to always try to do it in a sustainable way. And in a way that people can tell a story about, Hey, our shoes are made out of super fine Merino wool. But really, what, what do most people tell each other? They say, hey, that looks great and that feels great. And the wool is the way we do it. So our big goal is to is to almost you know, hide the magic trick of sustainability in the, in the shell of, of just a beautiful product that you love for the product's sake. And you might not even find out it's sustainable until after you've bought it. Maybe you've read a follow-up email or you've read more about us on the website. But we think the most important part is make a product that people love. And then in the long term, brand halo effect is 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 really where when they learn more about how we do stuff, they realize that uh, you know we're we're being very intentional about the 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 materials we use and the processes we use. Uh, we're making intentional steps and choices to to be less harmful to the planet. Got it. Got it. So, so basically, what you're saying is that if someone is working in sustainability slash sustainable innovation, then their goal is in most companies for the, for the most part would be that okay, of course, I'm trying to make a really good product that my customers love, but I'm doing this. I'm also applying the lens of sustainability on it so that I continue to deliver on that goal, but in a sustainable way. Yeah. So, whereas you know, in in a different company. And in a larger company, maybe uh, there's just pure innovation is, is their goal. And, and we've decided to, to really focus on a subset of that and say, look, of all the different new projects we can do, let's have uh, at the core of our mission, let's, let's use all that energy to do something new and, and really try to, to make sure that that's got a sustainability story, something that's either renewable material it's partially bio-based, you know, it's made out of plant materials or it's been recycled. It's got a second life. Um, so there's not one specific definition of sustainability in, in our mind hmm. and really in the industry, but it's, it's really more directional of, of, Hey, there's a lot of choices you can make here. We're going to make choices that often take, you know, some more work up front, uh, some more, uh, in, intentionality and in designing it into the product. It's usually, less obviously available and in some cases we're put we're going to be pushing things 
that are even coming out this year uh, that haven't ever been introduced. So, um, yeah. yeah, so it, it's it's really taking a subset of all the different things we could be working on and making sure that there's a sustainability reason for why we're we're spending all this energy. Mm-hmm. Okay, and can you share an example where you may have been you may have had to uh, make some sort of a trade off between consumer benefit versus sustainability? Well, see that that's actually the the I think kind of a a premise that has existed in the mind of the consumer till now, and that's actually it's a great question because it's it's at the core of our mission is to drive at that and not make those choices because that's a you know, we're going to, if, if we're going to make it something where the consumer thinks, well, there's the good version and then there's the sustainable version, <laughs> um, you know, they say, well, maybe I should buy this one, but really I want to buy the higher performing one. That's just, that's not a premise that, that we think that's kind of a lazy premise. I see. And, and so our goal is to find materials that actually enhance the consumer experience. I'd say, and we call those kind of our hero materials. Uh, wool is, is a primary example. There are other examples where um, it's kind of they're they're kind of the lead actors in our products, but there's also kind of supporting roles. We would say these kind of supporting materials, where really what we're doing is it's a like for like from a performance standpoint, but we're replacing synthetic petroleum-based materials and we're backing that out with a plant-based material that's got equal or better performance. But sometimes it's equal. Sometimes it's not something a consumer can notice. But we're still going to try to drive those choices, too. They're just they're not as exciting as kind of these hero materials, something like a, a super fine merino wool where you can feel it and see it. And it it's part of what makes it a beautiful product. But we're also going to try to back out petroleum and synthetics and traditional incumbent materials that that are really heavy on the planet there. They, they have a heavy impact on the planet for one reason or another, whether it's oil or water usage or energy usage. Um, But really, when it comes down to if we're trying to, you know, pick, put something into our shoe that makes a a choice between sustainability and consumer benefit, then we're going the wrong direction and it doesn't meet our target. So we'll we'll keep working on it because that's that's not going to be ultimately a sustainable product because people aren't going to buy it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to take a quick pause here. I, I'm curious about how you yourself got interested in sustainability. What what led you to this field? Sure. Well, I really ultimately uh, started out with a fascination in energy. Hmm. And I just uh, was always fascinated about how, you know, how vital it was to such a, you know, pretty much the entire planet. And it was it was so such an everyday vital industry so i dove pretty heavy into energy and i quickly found that the 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 edge of it that was the most exciting to me was the real progressive edge the the new energy the the renewable energy the bio-based biofuel type of energy so Mm -hmm. i really followed my curiosity there and and found my way into kind of uh, uh renewable energy renewable material investing um and and ultimately dove into the startup world of renewable energy and renewable materials and uh so i was commercializing renewable materials um when i i met uh uh, one of my colleagues who ended up joey zwillinger who ended up becoming uh the one of the co-founders of allbirds and 
we were commercializing um, renewable materials in a variety of different industries. And now through this new brand that he was building, it was an opportunity to, rather than pushing renewable materials uh, onto other brands and trying to get them to bite, we had the opportunity now to say, we're the brand, we're going to pull in these materials Hmm. and and there's there's no one to say no anymore. We get to control the story. Uh, we get to control the, the the way it's communicated to the consumer and how it's designed into the product in a way that, as we just mentioned, isn't isn't reducing the the product, but it's actually uh, adding consumer benefit. Okay. So that's that's yeah. really how uh, I came in. It was through the energy side uh, and ultimately into uh, to pulling these renewable materials into into a product. Right. Okay. So, so what's your background like? Uh, so I have a mechanical engineering degree. Okay. Uh, an MBA, and uh, so I'm a combination of technical uh, and business, and I've spent time uh, uh, everything from detailed design engineering to uh, you know to sales and business development uh, around the world. Wow. Yeah. So I'm of course speaking as an outsider you do not have any specialization as such in, in materials, let's say, or energy. So is that needed to work in this field or you can learn it on the job? I would say, I mean, there are a variety of roles. So uh, I have spent yeah, a big part of my career in the renewable energy and renewable material space. So I do have deep experience there. Coming out of school, you're correct. I didn't have a specialized degree in renewable materials, I didn't have a specialized degree in sustainability, um, so my my uh, education uh, was more general from a engineering and business side of things. But my work experience is where I specialized. But the backgrounds in sustainability span degrees from you know environmental studies to earth sciences to there's numerical degrees, mathematical degrees, uh, biology degrees. Um, sometimes it's graduate level work on the material innovation side. There's a uh, very specialized types of degrees, folks in polymer science, folks in textile, mm-hmm. um, textile science, material science. So, uh, th- there's kind of a full spectrum of quite natural science based all the way to strategy and, uh, and more of the, the business side of it. Right. Right. That makes sense. So uh, let's say I am someone who's working in sustainability, what kind of projects, you know, let's say I'm in all birds, what kind of projects could I find myself working on? So I'll give you a couple examples. So on the, the two spheres of uh, the, the kind of the biggest spheres in, in this side of uh, side of the business. So on the material innovation space or on the sustainability space, they're heavily linked, especially with our mission. Um, to always be focused on sustainability when we're working on new innovative products. One one project could be scouting for uh, a new hero material for a new shoe product. And mm. that can be everything from, um, you know, using uh, networks to, to scan through new materials, networking, going to conferences, reviewing lots of different industry uh, kind of innovation newsletters just staying very current on on what's new what's out there and setting up calls meetings etc to review new materials 
ultimately sample those materials, study the properties, uh, work with the product teams to introduce tests, taking those all the way through initial tests to introducing them into some products, full commercial prototypes, wear testing, and then ultimately commercial release. So one might be, you know, following a material all the way from an idea, which could be, you know, I'd like something softer that's breathable. I'd like something that's uh, a little bit cool to the touch, but is still strong. Mm -hmm. So we like to start with a simple, something, a simple quality that could be understood by a non-expert. So that would be on the material innovation side. On the sustainability side, a classic example would be a life cycle analysis, life, life cycle assessment, often called an LCA. And that's where you study the, the full life cycle of a product, for, in our case, would be a, a shoe uh, as a classic study. And you'd study everything from where the material originates, uh, how it gets um, converted, how it gets transported to a, an area where it's assembled, and uh, all of the materials and the energy used to get it there, all the different processes from sewing to ironing to cutting to injection molding, and then how this product ultimately gets transported to the, the point of sale and then to the customer through the use of the, of the product uh, and ultimately the end of life. And so there's a, it's kind of a accounting method of, of measuring all of these different activities, um, working with uh, software databases that have uh, libraries to draw from. Uh, and then ultimately coming up with a carbon footprint and energy footprint, kind of a scorecard for the product that we can use both internally and externally to communicate various choices we've made and some of the benefits. Uh, and then ultimately using that as kind of a map or heat map for us internally and, and a database to, to be able to design things from the beginning, right? You mm -hmm. know, w with, a with a, the lowest possible footprint. Right. Um, so first we study it kind of looking at what we've already done. That's kind of the step one, phase one. And then a, a more uh, elevated phase would be when we can actually use it pro more proactively as we're and spread that out to the full design team. So it becomes something more than just what the sustainability expert uh, knows, but that everyone gets a better sense and has usable tools to, to make decisions um, sense. Uh, to that maintain their performance, but give them uh, uh, a more eco-friendly product. Right, right. You know, in the beginning, when you said that one of the uh, sample products could be that you're going out scouting for new materials, I was imagining someone going to the Amazon forest and <laughs> looking for new materials. Uh, well, it's it's not that crazy. We I, I do uh, uh, have a pretty busy schedule, and uh, it does take us to international. Um, uh, so there are some exciting, there's literally some scouting that is part of it. And, uh, um, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, that not, sounds exciting. not everything is, <laughs> not everything is going to be something you can get at a conference or, uh, on your computer. Yeah. It's getting out into the world and, and physically feeling it, uh, and, and scouting for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, can we, you know, just, just to get a flavor for what is it like on a typical day for someone who is in this in this role? Maybe let's take one of these projects and just go one level deeper. So let maybe the material science one, if that's more interesting for you, that 
from the beginning who who is defining this vision that uh, you know why don't we try and come up with a material that's softer or something which is more resilient or whatever it may be and then the kind of things that this expert might do to then finally get to some sort of a closure on the project sure well and I, and there's there's different ways that this can be done and and a lot of it has to do with both the stage and kind of the personality of the company Hmm. You know, and I'm speaking. I'm speaking a lot about this from the standpoint of of our company, Allbirds, and our stage. And we're relatively early stage, but we've been growing very fast. So, I mean, from a time perspective, we're early, um, but we are growing really fast. And so, we've got big ambitions. We're going after some big projects, um, but we still have a bit of a improvisational, uh, a, a very collaborative environment. And that's by intention. We don't have rigid roles everyone has their responsibilities but we don't i like to say sometimes it feels like we're we're songwriters and mm-hmm. we're coming up with with new songs and people riff off of each other uh you know somebody who is working on uh product development might have a design uh a design suggestion and somebody who's in charge of design might have a material suggestion and so we have a, a kind of a, a, a very collaborative, very interactive team. And so sometimes with, with that background, the reason I'm setting that stage is because sometimes uh, some of these projects will be from the material back where I'll find something that I think is great for the group. I'll bring it back to the group and we have no idea what uh, product it's going to be used in. Um, and I bring it back for people to, to feel, to physically feel we've got, um, you know, a real creative space where we have a lot of these materials around and the designers will, will have sketches. We'll, we'll try to set up areas that are specific to a new project or a new concept. And we kind of surround ourselves with sketches, with materials, with swatches. Uh, and so that's kind of the earlier stage, mm-hmm. I would say. Then it starts to get uh, a bit more specific, and we, we actually have a, a pretty uh, we we do have a design process with with different stages that we kind of move a project through in order to make sure that we're sticking to a, a you know a commercialization timeline that fits the overall company. Um, but the early part of the funnel is pretty improvisational, and it, the ideas can come from all over. Then it starts getting more rigid, and we start moving into more tests. But I mean, a typical day could be First of all, we, we produce stuff internationally. It's quite common in the, the footwear industry. We've got, you know, our material is from New Zealand. Uh, it's processed in Italy and it's assembled in Korea. So we, we work a lot with our manufacturing groups uh, to do a lot of sampling. So we might be, you might come in in the morning and be checking the emails with results from various tests that we've asked for uh, on new materials. Uh, to come back from our sampling partner or our prototyping partner in Asia, catching up on, you know, scanning through some some blogs of or some newsletters of mm. some, you know, new materials from polymer science, from bio-based materials, from, you know, new ways of recycling materials and minimizing waste. Um, and then moving into some project team meetings where we're uh, updating on, you know, various in- individual responsibilities, checking to see, you know, have we, how far are we 
from finishing the, the latest uh, prototype of a project or a product. And then we might move into later in the day, a meeting with marketing where we're getting ready to start storytelling about a product that's coming out in a couple months. Mm-hmm. And we're feeding them the results of some of the lifecycle analyses and starting to show and get them familiar with uh, some of the more interesting consumer benefits and the history or the, the origin of some of these new materials that we're putting into the shoe. And, uh, and they might be building a, you know, a video or new web content based on this material. Yeah. So it does scan uh, quite a bit um, you know, uh, of various activities. No day is the same. Uh, but that, those are various activities that would happen uh, through, I'd say, you know, a, a material innovation project or, or a work stream. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds very, very exciting. Uh, what you just described, is that something which is uh, something which you will find, of, of course, it'll be more in a, in a physical product kind of space. Uh, but is there anything here which is more specific to the tech industry or is this reasonably consistent if you think about any physical product uh, across industries in, in this context? Yeah, no, I, I think uh, there, there's going to be different nuances uh, as, as you go into non-physical product. Uh, you know, if you get into it, into classic tech products, hmm. there's a much faster life cycle on certain uh, prototypes you know, something that can be replicated digitally uh, and consumer tested uh, digitally. It, we've got a much more necessarily drawn out process when you, when it comes to, to physical production. Mm. You know, sometimes there are, you might make changes to the, the sole, uh, the design of the, the sole of the shoe, you know, kind of the foam uh, bottom part of the shoe that, that uh, you step on that, that contacts with the ground. The, the process to change that is dramatically slower than making a change to the, you know, the materials in the, the softer upper part of the shoe. I see. Um, and, and certainly dramatically slower than, you know, updating uh, a web-based product or a, <laughs> you know, an app-based product yeah. uh, where you're changing lines of code uh, quite rapidly. So, sure. yeah, I mean, it, I think there's a lot of similarities in, in kind of the pipeline and innovation approach of, uh, but, but a lot of the timelines is one of the biggest, biggest areas of, uh, of difference. And then I think it, it's also a lot less rigid, I would say, certainly in a startup and we don't have, uh, necessarily the same kind of, uh, protocols that you'd have if, if you've got to be, uh, you know, checking lines of code and, and bug checking, uh, but, but, you know, for them, for, for, for an app, uh, you know, you might be bug checking for a shoe. You're going to be wear testing, and you know, so so there's analogs uh, on both sides. Yeah, and just a very very quick follow up. I I don't quite understand how you will have like what a sustainability person will do in a purely digital product. Right. So if the product, if it's a purely digital product, there's not going to be this the exactly the same roles unless it's uh, you know obviously a product that's directed at you know, some sort of sustainability measurements or tracking. There might be a, uh, a tracking software that's helping you track uh, carbon usage across the supply chain, hmm. uh, fuel usage across the supply chain. So if the content of the product is sustainability, then, you know, that's designed in from the very beginning. I'd say more often than not on, on the tech side of things, 
you know, it's going to be more somebody looking at operations. So if a company gets big enough, they're going to have a, a big footprint. And so, so there would be more of a sustainability type of role where somebody's looking at power usage, somebody's looking at your data centers, right. somebody's looking at how you're cooling down your data centers, what power you're using. And so, you know, as it, as it pertains more into the tech side, uh, there's definitely a huge sustainability components and sustainability uh, efforts that need to be uh, driven and tested and, and, and communicated. But yeah, it's a little bit different when, when it comes to, uh, you know, the materials innovation side is going to be less, you know, by definition, less of a, of a component of that work and uh, sustainability of their operations and their impact will be more uh, more of a priority. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. So, uh, so then coming to some of the more qualitative aspects of the role, in your opinion, what do you think are the most interesting aspects of working in this field? Well, I think uh, being able to to, to, to use all of this uh, fairly technical underlying work to tell beautiful, simple stories, I think is, is one of the most fascinating to me. And, it, and, and that's a particular goal and I think skill of ours is, is taking you know, what is sometimes confusing, complicated, and, and even mundane sometimes and turning it into something beautiful and simple that, that consumers can understand and, and, and appreciate without, you know, inundating them with, uh, with wonky details. Uh, so, I, so I love being able to scout and test and work with partners on new, uh, I mean, we've got, we've got programs coming out where we're, we're working on materials that have never been introduced. And so, um, doing things for the first time is, a blast, uh, but doing things in a way that we can allow and help other companies ultimately copy us. Um, because for our effect to be as big as we want it to be, for it to be material to the world, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we can't just do things that are exclusive to us. We may, you know, keep it keep it under lids until we announce it. Mm-hmm. Um, but but when we announce it, we want to explain to everybody how we do it and we want them to follow us. Uh, that reminds me of how Elon Musk, uh, I think he made public a lot of his t- technology that he was using, I think either in Tesla or I think it was Tesla because pre- for precisely the same reason. Uh, so that's great that you guys are doing that. Yeah, then, and they're a great example of a company that you know made just a beautiful product that people wanted regardless whether or not having an electric car was part of their goals. So we love that analogy of, of, you know, trying to design something beautiful that you're going to want, whether or not sustainability is part of your goals. Right. Are there any aspects about working in sustainability that you do not like? Well, I mean, uh, in sustainability, in the, in the overall space of where we're working, I think I touched on one of the frustrations a little bit is Sometimes the the timelines uh, when you're making something physical and tactile, there, there's a lot of benefits. There's a lot of reward uh, because it is something you can see around. You can look around the city. You can see it in other countries already. I'm seeing it in airports around the world. Uh, that's very rewarding. But the, the frustration of making something physical is how long it can take. Mm-hmm. And there 
there, there's necessary waiting periods on certain processes where you've got to kind of stagger the work uh, and and get and just be ready for these certain lag times that have to to make their way through the system. Right. Uh, so on the on the production side, I'd say that's one of the big pr- uh, frustrations. On the sustainability side, there's huge amount of detail. There's a huge amount of of complexity to try to get uh, all of the various steps of our processes analyzed in a in a in a correct way, uh, and try not to spend all of our time studying what we've already done and convert that into something that's kind of fit for purpose and that actually affects the decisions we make. So I think sometimes sustainability can get a little lost in in looking at what you've already done, uh, kind of navel gazing almost, mm-hmm. and and spending lots and lots of time uh, on accounting for something that you've already done, and and not enough time in a, in affecting decisions that haven't been made yet. And so I think that's just a constant challenge that, especially with a small group, uh, we're trying to with limited resources, trying to stay scrappy and stay efficient. Uh, I'd say that's a it's a challenge that is part of, you know, what we're always trying to improve on every day. Yeah. And, you know, also speaking as an outsider, I would imagine that sustainability and investing in sustainability is the kind of thing that it, the the company's leadership should be sort of behind it. Because otherwise, you know, from, from a career perspective, you may end up in a small group in a large company that no one really cares about. Like, have you heard about instances where this is- absolutely, absolutely? It's. A, I'm glad you raised that point because, you know, I, I had to <laughs> struggle a little bit to think about, you know, what what I'm frustrated about because I I think I'm in a fortunate position because from the very beginning, Tim Brown and Joey Zwillinger, our two founders, put sustainability in the in the story and in the mission from the very beginning. Our the three pillars that that they decided to found this brand on uh, to start this brand, start this company, were comfort design and sustainability. And we didn't want to and we're not going to compromise on any one of those. And our belief is that you can nail all three of those things uh, and not compromise. And, and we want to be known for, for really nailing all three of those. We want people to think of that uh, when they think of Allbirds. And so, you know, when they, when they, founded the company, when they raised the initial money, when they hired the initial team, it's been a part of uh, the story and the mission from the very beginning. So that's made my job, Hmm. I wouldn't say easy, but it's got support that they've allowed us, my team and and the whole company to really make bold decisions in those areas and feel supported. And that's critical because, yeah, if, if you'd asked me and there are there are countless examples of this in big companies where the sustainability is more of a compliance function. It's more of a, you know, something that they feel like they have to do to, to try to keep up with other companies, but it's not something it's viewed as something that's always going to take away from their main mission. And I think, I think that's changing pretty quickly. Um, And one of the, one of the industries is changing is in, in consumer facing companies with products where people, are asking more about more than just hey do I like the product but they're clicking on now I want to learn about your company and how you do this so mm-hmm. there's more people reading about about us about our process how we do this what's our promise and so I'm fortunate to be in a company that's had that from the beginning 
it's happening more and more. But yeah, I can definitely say if you don't feel the support from the from the very top leadership, um, sustainability can be a very lonely place. Yeah, yeah. And, and so if I'm as a candidate, let's say I'm interested in working in this space, is there a way for me to assess how important sustainability is for a particular company from the outside? Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, from the outside, the to be frank, that what what most companies have gotten really good at is uh, public facing text <laughs> and copy and yeah. photos. Yeah. So most of the time, uh, it's going to look beautiful no matter what. I think you've got an informational interview. You've got to use your networks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got to reach out on LinkedIn and, and uh, all the various outlets and and talk to people and get a gut feel based on. You know, what do people talk about when you don't necessarily ask them about? Does it ever come up without even asking them? When you talk about the mission or the values of the company, is that baked into to what people tell you with, without having to prompt them on it? Um, so, yeah, I would definitely say it's it's not easy, but if this is the, the world you're getting into, you've got to suss that out for yourself. Yeah. And I would definitely not rely on glossy um, documents because I think that, yeah, unfortunately, I think a lot of the companies that where it's the most frustrating are the ones with the glossiest documents, the biggest PDF reports. uh, And, (laughs) you know, they, like I said, one of the frustrations, spending all your time kind of talking about what you're doing anyway and trying to make it look as good as possible rather than uh, focusing on the future and trying to design it into what you do all the time. Yeah. And now that you've spent so much time in this space, uh, I'm sure you run into a lot of people who are entering this field fairly new. Do you think that uh, people who are on the outside tend to have any common misconceptions about uh, this space? Uh, I would say the the one of them was a question we talked about, uh, you know, at the, the top of the, the session. I think thinking about sustainability as, you know, a, a big, a major trade-off and, mm. and trying to figure out, you know, what's the, how sustainable can we make this, uh, without degrading the product too far. And, and if you're, if you find yourself in those kind of situations, then, you know, I don't think you're being creative enough. I don't think you're, you're really u- using the best of what's out there. Um, and, you know, so that I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is that when you do it right, um, it can really add to the product. And and if it's not, you know, keep working on it. Keep looking for something different and you know, find find some other ways to incorporate it into your product where it it adds value and it and it's something they're going to like it more for, not less. Yeah. Okay. So then uh, just a few more questions from the point of view of someone who is interested in working in this space. So, you know, let's say you have to think about five key qualities that you would find in someone who would be absolutely amazing at this job. And uh, what would they be? And, you know, preferably not very generic, you know, like curiosity and passion, which I'm sure is important, but that's applicable everywhere. So things which are unique to this space, and which would be very helpful for you to do well in the space. Sure. Well, um, you know, to upgrade curiosity, I'd say uh, <laughs> I have a voracious appetite for, for the new. Um, being able to uh, to really, you know, have your antenna out in the world and be the the first to know stuff and not have to wait for everyone to, to, to tell you. I would say 
certainly somebody can roll the punches and be comfortable with ambiguity. Somebody who's improvisational, scrappy, and, you know, unstoppable. I think uh, there are a lot of headwinds. Uh, oftentimes, innovation, innovative materials, especially sustainable innovative materials, can be new and can be expensive in the early days until you get other companies to adopt them. So, you know, they can be more difficult to, to work with when you first get them. And so it's uh, oftentimes there's a, a lot of reasons why somebody else hasn't used an innovative new product that's sitting there on the shelf. There's, you need to be a bit relentless and a bit, uh, you know, unstoppable, uh, a little bit foolhardy to, to keep charging ahead. And uh, you need to be interactive you know, have some fun with it uh, because it's it's uh, these are challenging projects. Um, doing something for the first time is always challenging. So, uh, yeah, I think that that would be a pretty good toolkit. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I mean, it definitely sounds like a role which requires a fair amount of creativity. Uh, one thing which I'm curious about is that structurally speaking, if you're in sustainability, are you more of an influencer who who says that okay, you know what? here are these three materials which would be absolutely wonderful to help make your shoe, let's say, softer. And then some sort of a product manager is figuring it out and then you have to sort of influence them one way or the other. Or or do you, are you a member of the team who has, who is accountable for certain decisions? Well, so I'm a, I'm one of the, I'm on the leadership team. Um, but the, as far as the, the overall roles on the on a typical team, mm. I, I think you're right. So it's it's always a fair amount of influencing. You know, we have a, a we're in a high growth stage where we have a, a probably less structure in a lot of ways than a company of of our size would typically have. But influence is a huge piece of it. I, I think you're right on with that. That it's you know you've got to make. A case for the product you've got, or for the uh, you know the introduction, the component, etc. You've got to have an eye on the whole. Uh, you can, you can't just throw uh, something new over the fence and expect it to find its way into a product. You've kind of got to become your own advocate, um, and you've got to have the the whole process in mind of how is this going to function in the product? How is this? What's the story going to be? What's the, the cost? How are we going to build this into the, the overall cost of the product? Are there places we can save in order to kind of afford this new potentially premium component? Um, so you've got to have an eye on the whole business case of what you're introducing or it's really not going to it's not going to make it past the fence that you've thrown it over. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. yeah, I would say being an influencer and, and being able to see the whole picture and ultimately in some cases, you know, an advocate and an influencer, I think, I think is very strong because there are lots of different filters it's got to get through to get it into the project, right. product or project. Right. So just getting a little bit tactical here, if, if, if I, if I if sustainable innovation is, is a big field, uh, in terms of the kind of roles one could consider, uh, I'm sure there are a lot of fairly technical roles. So you might be doing a lot of research in a particular area. Uh, you know, you might be a chemist or you might have specialization in some other materials. And there might be a whole class of roles around that. 
but let's say I'm from I'm from more of a non-technical slash business background. What kind of roles can I think about? Well, I think uh, it has to do with there's there's certainly entry level. Um, there's it has to do with the stage of the company. I think um, you know obviously the bigger the company, the more specific the roles are going to be, and uh, the more opportunity there would be for both. I'd say you know specialty roles that that could be very technical as well as more entry level and more um, you know generalist type roles. Mm. Um, I'd say when the company's smaller, you need to be kind of a a look depending on the the stage of the company, you've got to kind of be a happy medium of being able to either bring in some sort of uh, specialty knowledge or be very, very fast learner and and be comfortable with getting functional in some of those areas very quickly mm. without relying on a specialist on either side of you to help you get the details. So you've got to be uh, a bit of both. You've got to figure out how to get broad and get a little depth quickly. So the earlier the, the company, I think the faster learner, the faster with ambiguity mm. or the more ease of ambiguity you need. But certainly there are roles you know, in sustainability, analytical roles, and uh, roles where you're looking at strategy of where the company needs to focus their efforts, um, looking at operations, um, not necessarily product sustainability, but operations sustainability. Um, and, and then roles that really morph the line or kind of cross the lines into the marketing or storytelling side of things, right, right. where somebody who's got to be, you know, helping pull together the work that's going on, on the more technical side and, and tying it all the way over into marketing and being able to bridge the gap on both sides. Right, right. So when you say that ideally you should be able to either bring in some level of functional expertise or, or pick it up on the job, what level of functional expertise are we talking about here? Well, I, again, it can, it can vary. I mean, on the sustainability side, there could be you know, several years, there could be a graduate level degree where there's been um, lots of work done on the technical side uh, or the analytical side of life cycle analyses. On the material side, there could be several years working as a material scientist. Mm. Um, so it, it really varies. But, yeah. you know, I'd say often the maybe the smaller companies might need somebody who's possibly not right out of school, um, you know, that might be better for them to find a, an entry level position at a slightly bigger company where there's a bit more specialty, there's a bit more of a structure, and there's not as much of a reliance on, um, you know, being able to be comfortable with that level of improv and that level of uh, chaos. Right, right. Okay. Uh, any resources that you'd like to recommend for someone who's interested in uh, either working in this space or learning more about it? Blogs, articles, conferences? Uh, sure. I mean, there's uh, some of the conferences like bio-based markets or world bio-markets, uh, sustainability, sustainable brands. There's uh, Outdoor Retailer uh, is, a, is an interesting conference that uh, just moved from Utah to Denver. 
it's actually uh, next week. Uh, I think it's a couple times a year. These are specifically in kind of the apparel, performance, outdoor gear, but where there's uh, quite a bit of focus, companies like Patagonia. Mm. Um, and uh, those are areas, but there's, there's a lot of resources that you can find where you get newsletters updating on sustainability initiatives. Sustainable Brands being one of them. Bio-based newsletter is another. So, uh, yeah, uh, a lot, lot of, of stuff. stuff yeah, and then if I'm applying, I mean, I'm sure it's it's a ve- it's very competitive. So, what kind of things do you look for, which helps a candidate stand out? Um, certainly, love to see a strong education. Um, and what stands out, I think, is somebody who's had increasing levels of responsibility, but really somebody who's who's been able to communicate pretty concisely some impact they've had, not just listing activities, um, but listing impact uh, projects where they've been able to take charge and create something out of nothing. And then, you know, the resume is, is part of it, but really I think showing intentionality and showing the ability to either, you know, communicate what you've been, what you've known from an industry you've come from, but, but oftentimes, you know, if somebody's new to the space, that's not a necessarily a, a red flag. If they can show that they've done research, that they've developed opinions, and they've got instincts, and can talk intelligently about, you know, not just what they think we're good at or not good at, or you know, uh, but they can think beyond their role. They can think. Uh, about, you know, what would they do if they were in our company? I'd say that's probably the the most impressive and what stands out is I don't just want to have a conversation about all the stuff you've done in your past Mm -hmm. and that, and, and let that be impressive enough to say yes to. I want to see you take the leap and with limited ability to see inside the company, take your best guess at, you know, what, how you'd be adding value and show me that you've got instincts and opinions about what we're doing or trying to do and and tell us try to tell us something we don't know because of research you've done and, and something you might have found out in the industry that is doing something differently uh, something that you admire chances are we we're probably uh aware of it because this is what we do every day but certainly you're going to impress us if you yeah. found something we don't know at all about and you'll still impress us if uh, you've got opinions about something that's relevant to us that, that we already know about. Yeah, yeah. So basically, a lot of company research and having having some opinions about strategy, again, from a sustainability lens. Yeah, and yeah, I, I think just, and not just pure research. So, so leaving, you know, getting some information, but then taking it to the next level and, and putting some critical thought to it hmm. um, and, and thinking about, you know, beyond just your role. Why, why would this make sense for the company? Right, right. All right, this was super helpful, Jad. We're uh, basically towards the end of the discussion now. Uh, you mentioned that that you are going to be soon hiring for your team, correct, at Allbirds? Yes, yes. We're growing fast. I'm going to be hiring on my team. And the best way is to stay current, uh, looking at our website, which is allbirds, A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, and uh, check the career section. We keep it updated, and uh, and it's you, you'll see that there uh, there are roles out there now, and and will be more in the future. 
All right, wonderful. And we'll also be sharing the links to the openings uh, in our newsletter. So for listeners who haven't subscribed yet, you can go to learneducatediscover.com to subscribe to the newsletter. All right. Uh, thanks a lot, Jad. This was wonderful. This sounds like a very, very exciting area. And uh, I'm so happy that we've been able to cover it. Is there any other advice you'd like to share for someone who's still relatively new in their career, either in the field of sustainability or even general career advice? Well, I would say, you know, it's still it's still a growing, it's still a young space with uh, a lot of low hanging fruit. Um, So I would I would and, and, and it's increasingly becoming a part of how people buy, how people consume, how people use products. So I think it's a golden time to be getting into this. Uh, it's n- nowhere near too late. It's really, I think, just the beginning of a of a of a golden age of doing this. And uh, I, I get out there. There's uh, there's more and more people caring about not just what people are doing, but how they're doing it. And and these types of roles really have that baked in from the beginning. So I, I think it's a it's a golden time to be uh, driving towards sustainable innovation. Excellent. All right. Thank you very much, Chad, and have a good rest of the day. Hey, really enjoyed it, Snally. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed the discussion. Just before you leave, do remember to sign up for our newsletter on our website, learneducatediscover.com, where we share updates on new episodes, a lot of career-oriented resources, and a lot of other inspiring stories and videos and podcasts that we find online. So do check it out at learneducatediscover.com. You'll also find the library of all the other podcasts that we've done in the past on the website. Of course, if you have any questions at all, or if you just want to say hello, you can always email us. Just drop us a mail at hello at learneducatediscover.com or tweet at us at LED underscore curator. That's LED underscore C-U-R-A-T-O-R. Of course, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash learneducatediscover. Or you can also subscribe to the podcast on either iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and for your time. And until the next one, bye-bye.